With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, which celebrates Affiliated Monitors' 15 years in business as the first entity specializing in independent integrity monitoring. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in nearly 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance programs, visit this podcast series sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. In this five-part podcast series, I'm joined by Eric Feldman, Senior Vice President of Affiliated Monitors. We take a deep dive into the Department of Justice Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs, the 2019 Guidance, which was released in April of this year. Over the next five podcasts, we will explore the challenges, excuse me, the changes that are in the 2019 guidance from the Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs 2017 guidance, which was released back in February of 2017. The structure and the emphasis of the 2019 guidance, and what does it mean for the compliance practitioner? We will also take a look at each specific prong. So is the program well designed? Is it being a implemented effectively, and does the compliance program work in practice? In this episode four, we ask the question, does your compliance program work in practice? Looking at continuous improvement, periodic testing and review, investigations of misconduct, and analysis and remediation of underlying misconduct. This special five-part series is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm back with Eric Feldman, Senior Vice President at Affiliated Monitors, in our five-part podcast series on the new 2019 DOJ guidance. In today's episode, we're going to take up the question posed in the guidance, does the compliance program work in practice? Eric, first of all, uh, welcome back. Eric, uh, this uh, construct of this question, I thought, certainly follows the prior question about whether it's been uh, implemented effectively. But what were your sort of general thoughts around this prong? And then we can go into some of the specific uh, information under it. Well, you know, I honestly, I I kind of think that they had a, a number of categories and questions under the previous 2017 guidance that they didn't have anywhere to put after they were done with the first two questions. And so they created this final category that uh, gels around improving the program. It it sort of gels around whether um, you've taken your program, assessed its effectiveness, and then gone back and changed it based on 
that life cycle of risk assessment, program implementation, evaluation, and then starting the design all over again. So this question, does the compliance program work in practice, to me is very similar to, is your compliance program effective? I don't really see the difference in the question, but the way they apply it here is more broadly. So they make a comment up front, which is the first time I've ever seen this in any DOJ guidance. It says that the existence of misconduct does not by itself mean that a compliance program did not work or was ineffective at the time of the offense. Now, that's taken from the U.S. sentencing guidelines, but I haven't seen it restated in this way in any DOJ guidance. So that means basically that if a compliance program did identify the misconduct, allowing time for remediation and self-reporting to DOJ, a prosecutor should look at it as if this is an indicator that the program was working, that the company caught the issue, they dealt with it, they remediated it, they took action against the individual, they reported it to DOJ. That is kind of the way it's supposed to work. Instead of the company then getting hammered for identifying, investigating, and reporting an issue, then they get hammered because you reported the issue. That's not the right incentive. The incentive is to give the company some consideration for having a program that actually worked in the way it's supposed to work. Uh, DOJ also focuses a lot here on improving the program. So under this area, they want to see continuous improvement. Um, They want to see the program evolving over time. And they say that explicitly to address uh, different compliance risks, which change every day based on employees and market and product line, et cetera. Also in this section on uh, compliance program working in practice, uh, they bring in the Benzkowski memo. And so really, this whole guidance is part two of Benzkowski's view of the world, which is from someone who has been representing companies before DOJ for many years, uh, and now leading DOJ, uh, the memo that he put out last year uh, links beautifully to this guidance. And right here on the working in practice, it refers back to the Benzkowski memo, which says, where a corporation's compliance program and controls are demonstrated to be effective and appropriately resourced at the time of resolution, a monitor will not likely be necessary. That is sort of the um, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for companies to be incentivized to build a program where if it works and everything works, we're not going to have a monitor imposed on us, which could be a substantial cost and intrusion uh, to the company. One of the things that struck me about this particular section was really how the department is encouraging companies to take information from a wide variety of 
tools, tactics, and techniques and loop it back in to their compliance program. Uh, it could be called continuous improvement. It could be called testing. It could be auditing. It could be an investigation of misconduct. It could be a root cause analysis. It could be a part of the speak up of the speak up culture. But I was wondering if you could give us uh, some of your thoughts on the specific um, tech tools, tactics, and techniques the department has suggested compliance programs use for continuous improvement. Sure. You know, this whole section on continuous improvement is chock full of very specific uh, guidance and steps that companies can take. Um, one of the things that is different than uh, previous guidance is it asks companies to measure, take steps to measure the culture of compliance within an organization. This is something that most companies generally don't do on a regular basis. And if they do it, it's solely through use of a survey technique. And while DOJ recognizes here that surveys are a, um, a good way of understanding culture, they're not the only one. Um, so they talk a lot here about the strength of controls, uh, doing control testing to see if the controls actually work. People are following the controls. Um, they want to see proactive monitoring and auditing internally to the company, um, kind of data mining for the company to be proactive in identifying instances of fraud or misconduct within the organization. Um, they uh, restate the U.S. sentencing guidelines requirement to evaluate periodically the effectiveness of the organization's program, which we believe can be done very effectively using a third-party uh, independent tool, independent assessment to assess both culture and program. Um, they also focus quite a lot here, as you mentioned, on investigations. And this is another area, I think, where DOJ uh, has been disappointed in a company's response to misconduct. Uh, the guidance basically says that uh, it is expected that there's going to be misconduct within an organization. It's an understanding that employees are often um, often do the wrong thing, but that the company's response to that is what's going to determine how they're treated at the time of resolution. So they want to see an investigation that is done uh, by qualified personnel. That's a real challenge for some companies that don't have uh, investigators or certified fraud examiners internally, and they may use anyone to do an investigation. Uh, that's going to be an issue for DOJ. Also, investigations that only deal with the specific activity of an individual and don't look at how they were able to do that. What were the root causes? Those are not going to be viewed very positively by DOJ either. And then finally, they want to see action on the part of the company, not only against the uh, violator, um, an appropriate, consistent action, but they want to see remediation of the root cause based on some kind of documented root cause analysis. I think that this guidance is going to drive companies to look at the compliance and ethics process in a much more 
holistic way as a continuous uh, circle uh, that has to take place of, of improvement, remediation, and experience with the program uh, over time. Eric, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I've been visiting today with Eric Feldman, Senior Vice President at Affiliated Monitors. I hope you'll join us tomorrow for our final episode where we uh, wrap things up, uh, give some final thoughts, and see where this may take us down the road. Eric, thank you again, and I look forward to continuing the conversation in our final episode. Thanks so much, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the special five-part series on the new 2019 DOJ guidance, which is sponsored by Affiliated Monitors. For more information on Affiliated Monitors, check out their website, www.affiliatedmonitors.com. I hope you will join us again for another episode. This special five-part podcast series is a presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.